Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Nicole Baker. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. In our hectic modern world, many of the women I talk to feel stressed, they feel overscheduled, and they feel overwhelmed, racing from one meeting to the next, planning this or worrying about that. My solution is self-care. I know, I know you're rolling your eyes and saying, I can't do one more thing, but what the world thinks is self-care is just scratching the surface. I'm inviting you into a deeper understanding of self-care, to have a different perspective, to reconnect with you. I've titled this series, Self-Care is More Than a Buzzword, It's Personal, and I'm delighted to introduce my guest, Nicole Baker. Nicole is a coach who helps high achievers ditch perfectionism, cut the hustle, and start achieving goals with fun and fulfillment. Having grown up in a family immersed in the personal development world, she has been attending seminars and absorbing personal growth tools her whole life, and she has since helped hundreds of perfectionists accomplish goals ranging from starting their own businesses to finishing a half marathon. She has been featured in Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Voyage Denver, The Self-Helpless Podcast, Plus is the CEO of Life Coach Baker LLC and the host of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a minute since I've heard my bio read out loud and I was like, wow, like, this, is, <laughs> this is kind of a cool scenario. It's a cool thing to feel. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. This is such a treat. Well, you know, like I said, today we're going to be focusing specifically on perfectionism. And this morning I listened to your podcast episode titled The Three Types of Perfectionism and How to Overcome Them. And I found it really interesting. So as we're going throughout this episode, I would love for you just to touch on people pleasers, for example. I'm I'm happy to, for sure. If you want, I can do just a really brief overview of the three types real quick. Oh, Uh, absolutely. I love that. So uh, really quick reader's digest of how I got into this three different types of perfectionism. I've been coaching perfectionists for about four years officially. I've been one, or I'm now a recovering one, but I was one for probably 28 years, (laughs) give or take a few. Um, But when I started coaching people, I really noticed patterns. I think that especially as coaches and people in the personal development space, you really start to notice patterns within people. And I noticed that a lot of my clients fell into one of three categories. They all had their own individual struggles, their own individual goals they wanted to go after, but they all had three different types of self-sabotaging habits. And that was one, the overachiever, the person who tends to um, chase success, go on the hamster wheel of hustle culture, always looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Um, There was the procrastinator who has these big, beautiful goals but then gets so overwhelmed by them that says, "Mm, you know, scrolling through TikTok is so much easier today. I'm just going to do that. 
And then there's a people pleaser, like you mentioned, the person who tries to be perfect for everyone else. So they put themselves on the back burner, which especially on the touching uh, of self-care, whoa, buddy, do those two go so hand in hand. So those are really the three different types and how everyone kind of falls into one or all three, especially sometimes. Yeah. And I heard you mention that, you know, that you could, because you do have a quiz out there. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. You do have a quiz that somebody can go out and take, but you said that you could possibly be a little bit of all three of them. Yes. And I found that, I found that really interesting. I think it's important to note that like, In different seasons of life, we have different priorities. We have different self-sabotaging habits. And in different seasons of life, you can fall into different types of perfectionism. I have absolutely been a procrastinator. I have way often, way more often than not, been an overachiever. And there was a period of my life where people pleaser was like the back of my hand. But they were all different stages of my life. I had different struggles I was up against. I had different goals I was chasing. Um, and I think that that's important to realize that like, cause a lot of people will hear the three types and they're like, well, I'm all three. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, well, that's great, but you can go through all three in the period of an afternoon, but you can't be two at one point. It's just, it's depending on what your priorities, your goals are at that moment and how you're addressing them. You know, Nicole, that can lead us right into what I wanted to ask you is what does exploring the seasons of life to you, what does that mean to you personally or in your business? That's such a good question. And it's a very different answer now than it would have been 10 years ago or five years ago even. Um, I think right now exploring the seasons of life means exploring the gray. I used to be, and perfectionists tend to really fall into this, very black and white. It's either all or nothing. You are 100% this person or 100% that person. And one of the things I've I've been researching, exploring, diving into in these past few years of my life, and especially in my business, is what does it look like to truly just live in the gray? Just allow yourself to be present. Allow yourself to be whatever you need to be in that moment and not what you need to be 10 years from now, five years from now. Like, I think a lot of the times we get stressed, like we're behind, there's this urgency in the world right now. That's like, you're constantly behind. You're never going to catch up. And it's, it's killing us quite literally. There's a lot of studies shown that it's, it's, Uh, producing burnout. It's producing high stress levels, which leads to mental and physical illnesses. Like, but the seasons of life really means allowing myself to just be in that season of life and let it be whatever it needs to be. That's kind of a a more philosophical answer than I normally give, but that's really what's, that's heavy on my heart with that question. Yeah, no. And it makes perfect sense. Now I started this particular series after going to a functional medicine doctor and really she was saying, Hey, you've got to get your stress under control. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to bring this to the podcast and we're just going to talk about self-care and all these different areas of our life. And one of the things I was just talking to a friend about is exactly what you were just saying is how we always want to be somewhere else Mm -hmm. other than where we are. Yes. Oh, and that does not help with the stress levels. No, <laughs> makes it about 20 times worse. 
would love to hear your journey um, about becoming a life coach, really helping perfectionists. And I know that you said, you know, you've, you've kind of been that your whole life. But can you just kind of go into the backstory a little bit? Absolutely. Um, so like, like I mentioned in my bio, I grew up in a family very heavily immersed in the personal development world. And I feel it important to note it was the personal development world of the 80s and 90s, which was go, 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 achieve your dreams as fast as possible, change your state, be positive, all this kind of stuff, which I think definitely has some good merit to it with some elements of being a human thrown into there. But I grew up in this very heavily immersed personal development world. I listened to Tony Robbins tapes on hour long drives. I'd listen to Ted talks, all this kind of stuff. And, um, it was, it was so much a part of who I was until, however, I got into, it was like middle school, early, early, uh, excuse me, late elementary school, early middle school. And I started getting severely bullied to the point where I was thrown into a locker, excuse me, thrown into a bathroom stall and just beat the heck out of me. And I remember just thinking, no matter what I do, I'll never be enough. I will never be enough for anyone, not even me. And that's when I really feel like the perfectionism started because after that, I got so quiet. I was a very loud kid. I loved to share my feelings. I loved to share my voice. But after that experience, I just remember being so tiny just like putting myself in this little teeny tiny box, because if I wasn't perfect, you can't even try to go after it. This stayed with me for a really long time until I found theater and I started loving musical theater. And that's where my voice started to come out a little bit because it wasn't mine. It was who I was portraying. Um, at least that's what I told myself at the time. But I, I loved it so much that I decided to go into college for it. And I'm like I mentioned, definitely an overachiever. So I said, okay, well, I'm not only going to go to a college, I'm going to go to the, one of the best colleges in the nation for musical theater. I applied to like 30, 13 different schools and I finally got into one of the top 10 and I was so excited, but my confidence and my perfectionism was so, so rooted in me that I would like go on stage and just crack or self-sabotage or just like end up in tears of just sheer like embarrassment because it wasn't good enough. And finally, my um, my voice teacher, who's like my mentor and just the most amazing man ever, sat me down and said, you can't graduate. Like you can't, you cannot leave this program if you don't get your stuff together, basically. And so it was in that moment that I was like, okay, I have learned this personal development stuff my whole life, but I have never actually implemented it. I know it, but I've never done it. And so I called my dad, who's the original life coach baker. And I asked him, I was like, I need you to coach me or else I'm losing my dream, basically. And it was in that moment that he coached me like no holds barred. <laughs> it was like months of just like invigorating coaching. But it changed my life is the best way I can say it. And um, it was from there that I was like, I want to do this work. I, I can't imagine being a performer. I have to do this. This is everything. And so um, I started coaching performers for a little while, but I realized, wow, I really like the perfectionist mindset in the performer because that's where I saw the biggest struggle. And when we unlocked that, that's where I saw the biggest success, fulfillment, just true, sheer joy in their eyes. And so I pivoted into, per into perfectionism and I've been doing it for about four years now. And here we are. 
I love that story so much. And one of the things that I want to pull out that I think is so important is that piece about taking action. You can know something, you can know it, know it, know it, but until you take action, it doesn't all integrate. Yes. I have a real gripe with the phrase knowledge is power. It's, it's a cute, cheeky little phrase, but it is such not true. It's <laughs> so not true. Because, yeah, sure, knowledge is great, but unless you apply it, it's not power. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's actually Tony Robbins who says applied knowledge is power versus knowledge mm. is power. And I think that's really important to note because I'll listen to podcasts, and I'm sure you're similar, Cindy. I'll listen to podcasts all the time or audiobooks, and I'm like, wow, that is such a good idea. And then I'll do nothing with it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Exactly. I encourage people to do the opposite of that. And that is write it down. Ask yourself, how can you implement that in your life? Like really get into the next step of it. Well, and that's one of the things I've been doing in this series is kind of breaking down like topics that really interest me and like, you know, having someone like you on who can really talk about in depth on a particular subject, because I really want people to take action after they after they get off listening to the podcast. Well, when I was doing some work, um, some research around perfectionism, I saw this quote and I really liked it. And it was, perfectionism is a trait that makes life an endless report card on accomplishments or looks. And I thought, oh my gosh, that kind of like wraps it up. You know, it's like making life an endless report card. So, how do you describe perfectionism? Well, that now is probably in my description. <laughs> I think that's such a good way of, of describing it. The way that I normally phrase it is perfectionism is having this expectation for yourself, an A plus on a report card, for instance. And anything short of that isn't enough, is a failure, quote unquote. Now, we might phrase it a little bit differently. Like for some people, for instance, um, I see this a lot actually in my community, unless I'm working 24 seven, I'm not working hard enough. Or if I end my day with any amount of energy left over, I didn't leave it all on the table, which means I'm lazy or it means I don't want it bad enough. And when I think of perfectionism, I think of that typical idea It's this idea of like, I have to be this every single day, no exceptions. And if I'm not, I suck. And I mean, we can phrase that and or we can we can shape it in every any different way. If you have a um, a project for work and you think, OK, this is going to be the best gosh darn project ever. But then that overwhelms you so much. And it's like, OK, but how do I how do I do that all? in like because I can't just do a first draft. Gosh, no, you have to do the perfect one on the first try. And that overwhelm literally kicks in that fight or flight or freeze muscle in our body. And we'll do just that. We'll either fight and push ourselves on the gas, burn ourselves out to no end. We'll freeze. We'll procrastinate. We'll scroll through TikTok because that's so much easier and more comfortable for us. Or we'll run away, which I don't blame us considering that's what we're what we're putting on ourselves. But really and truly, perfectionism is just this idea of if I don't hit X, I'm not enough. If we want to boil it down to just the raw beginnings of it, really. And do you see a lot of entrepreneurs in that space? Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to do it all. <laughs> so 
so many, so many. I have yet to meet a single entrepreneur that doesn't have some element of perfectionism. It's a sliding scale, just like anything, but there's always a drop. There's always a little drop. <laughs> well, what, now, what do you say to someone who asks what's wrong with striving for, for perfection? You know, because there's some people who may be listening to us and and I know a lot of people who are exactly like you were just describing, but they don't see that as a, a negative. They see that as a positive. They're giving it all. Yes. What do you say? What do you say to them? I think it's a matter of where the energy is coming from. If it's coming from an overflow, I feel so filled up, so abundant, so fulfilled that it is just overflowing in, in mission, in passion, in pouring into others that I love. That is not perfectionism to me. That is living a fulfilled life. That's the goal here. But when it comes from a place of empty, lack, um, again, not being enough, when it comes from like, oh my gosh, if I get there, then, then I'll finally prove that I'm enough for X, Y, or Z. That's when I see perfectionism drain people, burn people out, um, cause anxiety, OCD, depression. I mean, like really it's such a deeper level of, of, and stress. I think stress is a really good thing to highlight here because when we're in a state of stress, I won't get too much into the science of it, but when we're in a state of stress, cortisol, which is a really bad toxin basically in our body gets released. And when we have it too much in our body, it shuts our immune system down. It shuts down our ability to produce saliva, which for some reason I think is just a really important thing to note, but it, it, it affects our physical body. So it really depends on where the energy is coming from. If it's coming from a place of abundance, wonderful. Like that's amazing. Keep it up. Even ask yourself like, what, how can I grow this? How can I make this even more in my life? But if it's coming from that state of lack, then it's time to do some TLC. That That is a perfect way to point that out if it's coming from that lack. So I appreciate you um, going into that. For all my friends who may be listening, saying what's wrong with perfectionism. And so I want to talk a little bit about self-care. And what have you noticed how perfectionism gets in the way of self-care? I love that question. And I've never been asked, asked it before, but oh, I want to I want to touch on that. Um, I think I'll, I'll do it in this example. I've had some people say, OK, I really want to start a self-care practice. So I know I need to do a nightly bubble bath with wine. I know I need to journal. I know I need to meditate for three hours. I know I need to get up at 530 in the morning. I know I need to do this. Da, 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 da. And it's like, that is not self-care. That is putting yourself in a total pressure cooker environment because you need to do all those things right away, totally perfectly. When I think of self-care, I think of little teeny tiny two degree shifts. I don't think self-care is throwing 50 million things into the ring and saying, good luck. I think it's adding things. I think it's subtracting things. I think that is something we definitely overlook asking yourself, what is giving me stress in my life? And is there a way I can either reduce it, delegate it or automate it so that it's no longer this big of a part of my life? Um, so I think that perfectionism really gets in the way because people feel like they have to do, again, it goes back to that black or white, all or nothing. And it really is a matter of living in the gray, which I think is important. 
You know, when you're using that phrase, living in the gray, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I really like that that living in the gray. It's not all black and it's not all white. It's it's everything, like I say in the beginning, it's all that in the middle. Yes, exactly, exactly. So what would you say are three, two, three or four self-care practices for a perfectionist. But now, after having listened to that episode this morning, which, by the way, was really, really good, um, can we talk about it in terms of being a perfectionist or people pleaser or an overachiever? I would would love to because I think that everyone needs a different type of self-care. It's not just bubble baths and wine. It's not just journaling and meditation. It really depends on what you're needing in the moment. So I love the idea of splitting it into the three. I'll start with the overachiever. When it comes to the overachiever, they are flooring it on the gas. They're always asking the what's next, what's next, what's next. When it comes to self-care for them, the most successful, I'm going to put that in quotations because that's a sliding scale. The most successful way I've seen overachievers find self-care is through slowing the F down. (laughs) Now I have literally been hung up on calls when I say, maybe you should try slowing down because an overachiever who fears mediocrity more than anything, hears slow down. And the words that come up are lazy. I'll become mediocre. I won't be important. I won't be worthy anymore. So it's literally like, oh my God. So I instead, instead of saying slowing down, I almost ask like, how can you get present? I view slow down and being in the present moment as very similar things. So for instance, like for an overachiever, it might be getting a paint by numbers kit. That's my, I'm like I mentioned, I'm an overachiever. That's my personal way of self-care and I love it. Going on a walk unplugged. That's highly underlined, italicized bold (laughs) on that one. Um, Starting a meditation practice, not for 15, 20 minutes at a time. Try a two minute guided meditation or gratitude practice whether it's written or visual, but really what is something that gets you in the present moment and write down 10 to 15 ideas and then try one of them for a week. Try another one for a week. Again, it does not have to be perfect and like the ultimate slowdown activity on the first try. In fact, I always recommend for overachievers, please, 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 please expect it to feel so uncomfortable that you're like, is this right when we're so used to speeding up, when we're so used to flooring it on the gas and we suddenly pump the brakes, it's gonna feel weird. And just kind of letting yourself live into that. When it comes to the procrastinator though, I I think about it in terms of taking that thing that you're overwhelmed by and chunking it down into things that feel actionable. Because from what I've seen for over, excuse me, for procrastinators, self-care is not slowing down. In fact, that stresses them out more because they have a whole list of things they haven't done yet. And they're like, oh God, like that email, it's going to take four hours to write. It's probably going to take five minutes, but they like freak out about it. And by putting it off even longer, it stresses them out even more. So rather than than thinking, um, here's a good business owner example, I need to build my entire website on Thursday. Think, okay, what are three website platforms that I know of? Let me check them out and sign up for the one I like the best. When we chunk things down into what I call one sitting tasks, aka tasks you can do in about 90 minutes or less, it takes overwhelm out of the equation. 
which then takes procrastinating out of the equation. Procrastinators are not actually procrastinating. They just have a way too familiar relationship with overwhelm. So really chunking things down into things that you can do and think about without getting overwhelmed by. And then last but not least, people pleasers. And then for people pleasers, I really think about what can you do to ignite your inner voice? And this one's a little bit more heady, but I I urge you all to stay with me. When we're in people pleaser mode, we are putting everyone else's voices, opinions, to-do lists on a pedestal well above ourselves. The key to people pleasing or to ending people pleasing, overcoming it, is to raising yourself up to that pedestal. Now, a lot of times that freaks people pleasers out because they're like, oh my God, that's selfish. That's, I can't, I can't do that. Like they need me. But in actuality, if you keep pouring from that empty cup, you are never going to feel fulfilled. The key to self-care for people pleasers is to fill your own cup up again so it overflows onto other people. So I really strongly urge anyone who's a people pleaser to start doing the inner work. Listening to this podcast is a great example of how you're doing the inner work. Um, Listening to a book on personal development, uh, attending a seminar, working with a coach, a therapist, a mentor, something that gets your inner voice started so that it rises up to the table. Nicole, what you just went over with those three um, types of perfectionism is absolutely gold. I want everybody to really hear this and hear the different ways that each, I'm I'm using air quotes here too, but each type needs self-care because you're absolutely right. We all need self-care different ways. And I think I heard you say in your podcast this morning about personal work is personal, something like that. Yes. So I always (laughs) say personal development is personal. Yes. A lot of people are like, okay, well, Gary V said that I need to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, that might not be for you. (laughs) Like, that's okay. (laughs) In fact, I think it's the strongest thing in the world to listen to a podcast like this or an audiobook and take what works or what you want to try and leave the rest. You don't have to do everything. And I'll be super honest with you. That was something I had to learn the hard way. I used to read books and think if I don't implement every single tactic in this book, then I didn't do it well enough. That was insane. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do that. So I started really taking what worked and again, leaving the rest. I started skipping over chapters that weren't serving me, which is something that my perfectionist brain would never even have thought of. But you're allowed to take what works and leave what doesn't. And everybody, Nicole has given you permission to do exactly that. Skip over chapters that do not serve you. Please. (laughs) You know, one of the fascinating things that I saw also on your website was when you said over a third of the people on this planet are perfectionism. Okay, that was a huge number. Why is that growing? I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. And I'm so I'm sorry, I don't have the the citation for that off the top of my head, but I saw that about a year ago and I was like, oh my God, no way. That's insane. But then I started to think about it and I was like, well, here's a such an easy go-to example, social media. There is 
not a soul that I know who does not experience perfectionism, imposter syndrome, comparison on social media. I see this a lot, especially with business owners who are maybe in steps one through five in their business. And they'll go on and they'll scroll, 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 see person who's at level 50, level 75, level 50, level 55, like over and over and over again, and suddenly think they need to jump from five to 55 overnight. And it's literally impossible. But I think the reason that it's growing so much is because when we look on our screens and we just see that high expectation in our face every day, it's real, it's shaping our brain differently. And I'm, I'll be super honest with you, Cindy, it scares the crap out of me. I think that's a huge reason. I think another one is we see Forbes 30 under 30s, 50 under 50s. I saw a 19 under 19 recently, and I almost gagged. <laughs> like, But it's because of those that a lot of people are like, okay, well, I need to be the best in my field. I need to be on those things. There's this urgency for, for people my age and younger, especially, who feel like they, they're behind. They don't have enough time. And they're like 21. And it's like, calm down. You have so much time, and we don't even realize it. So I think that there's a cultural shift because of social media. I think that there's a cultural shift because there's this underlying constant state of urgency. I think a lot of people are also just seeing the flashy likes, the trophies, the accomplishments, and they think that that's what defines someone as a human being. Now, to be fair, way, way, way back when, when we were like living in tribes and in caves, the person who brought the most to the tribe who collected the most game, who brought the most amount of berries, who built the best fires, they were invaluable. So it's also good to note that like, this is hardwired in us, but now it's staring in our face and it's constant. One of the things I saw is that most people, I don't remember the exact statistic, but I know it was over 70%, reach for their phone first thing in the morning and log on to social media. I am not immune, <laughs> but it's I, not go for it. Oh no, no, no! I was, I was didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say I've seen, I've seen statistics on that myself, and I thought, wow, that number is so big that reach for their phone first thing, and then I had to take a step back and go, hey, wait, Cindy, you do the same thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and really tried to stop that, you know, and leave my phone for an, at least an hour in the morning. I do my best to do that because when I saw that, it was just like, it was just huge numbers. But thank you so much for, again, talking about social media and the way it influences us. It's huge. It's scary. It's, and I think that it's really important, especially for business owners, use social media, do not let it use you. And I see so many people who are letting social media use them. It is a tool in your business, just like email marketing, just like courses, just like listening to podcasts. It is a tool for you and your business, nothing more. Yes, but but what you said about you being in step one through five and trying to jump so far ahead, you know, we can't skip those, those steps. That's where all the learning comes in. Yes. Yet we, yet we want to do it. <laughs> well, I think it's also, I think it's also interesting to think about what were the stories we heard growing up? I always think back to like Harry Potter, cause that's my blood and soul. 
And one of the big things in Harry Potter is he goes to Hogwarts and he hops on a broomstick and he is suddenly the LeBron James of the Quidditch world. Like he is a star without having to practice. And we get told these stories growing up over and over and over again. I mean, like um, Luke and using the force. I mean, Yoda, like we like just drop in and he's suddenly a master. Like, you know, it's just we we're told these stories over and over again. And it shapes our brain to believe that like, we need to find that we need to find our skill that we can do without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And again, that five through 55, you gotta do six through 54. <laughs> exactly. And, and it can be hard to do those steps, but, and I'm, and I'm just in the middle of writing a, a post about a, a exactly that about the seasons that we're in those hard seasons and we want to skip over those and we have to go through those seasons to become the person we are on the other side. One of the biggest things I see in, in perfectionist is this need to be in control always. And I notice this in myself Uh, about a year ago when I was going through a really hard season and I was just like, okay, just like push through, like, you know, rely on all your personal development tools, all this kind of stuff. And the one thing I wasn't letting myself do was stop and actually feel what was going on. And I, I realized it months too late. (laughs) Like it was not a sudden realization, but I finally realized it. And I was like, Oh my God. So I just gave myself a few days, a few weeks, actually, to just like really feel it. And I cried. I was angry. I was hurt. But the amount of healing that that did gave me the space to finally be like, okay, what can I do next about this? But I could not have done that without saying, let me just stop and feel this for a moment. And we forget that. Yeah, I... I worked with a woman and I'm going back years ago now, but she would talk about how feelings, you know, we try to imagine a, like a beach ball and we want to hold it under the water. We can't hold it under the water. At some point it's going to pop up. Yeah. So there's no use trying to hold it down. We've just got to let it go ahead and, and pop up and hit us in the face and, and feel it. (laughs) I love that metaphor and it's so true. (laughs) It's so true. So what is, I'm going to say the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? And it can be the biggest surprise, the biggest aha moment, just what's come up for you in the last few months that you've just like, wow, where did that come from? It really boils down to releasing control and letting yourself just be. I am really good at working a lot (laughs) and it is not something I enjoy doing because after a few hours, my brain starts to go and focus is (laughs) out the window. And so um, I, a few years ago, really, I started really diving into books on productivity what does it mean to be productive? What does it mean to be 
what are the benefits of it? And I went into this study thinking, okay, like I'm going to learn how to push out even more. Like I'm going to learn to like get my highest amount of effort. Again, this is a few years ago. This is really before I started leaning into the settling down and just being. And to my surprise, all of the books that are like the top books on productivity are all about working less and having more free time. And I was like, I don't know why that was just so like, to me, like total mind explosion. But I started implementing those techniques. And about a few months ago, I really started looking at like, okay, what do I want my days to look like? I want to have X amount of hours off. I want to be able to do this and this and this. And I was also going through a little bit of a tougher time in my business, just feeling like something's not right. Something needs to be shifted. And the ironic thing was, is that when I was in the something needs to be shifted, I was working more hours because I was trying to compensate for it. And it dawned on me and I was like, okay, let's utilize those productivity things that we did a few weeks ago. And let's just go and take the whole afternoon off and go on a hike. I live in Colorado. It is absolutely beautiful. I have mountains surrounding me everywhere. And I went into the mountains and I just like stopped and I just let myself be in a, a season of life. I let myself really live in it for a moment. And then when I came back, I was like, you know, showering, da, da, da. And then I checked my email and I had five new inquiries to work with me. Five. Love that. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, universe. Hear ya. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> but I highlight this because I think it's important because a lot of people feel like when things aren't working, it's time to double down. One of my favorite quotes is by Marie Forleo. And she says, if what you're doing isn't working, stop doing it harder. And I love that quote. And I was doing it harder. And finally, I was like, okay, like, what if I just go into the polar opposite just to like really freak out my comfort zone? And everything I had been wanting just flooded into my inbox within an hour and a half. So sometimes the best thing to do is step away. Really just step away for a moment. I love that so much. And I'm thinking I'm loving that so much because that's exactly what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got homework. <laughs> I got homework to do. <laughs> oh, so okay. This is the getting towards the last question, and but I'm going to give you a choice because I normally ask if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self what would you thank her for? But you're probably closer to that than say um, 40 or 45. Would you rather answer that from a 45 perspective looking back or what would you thank your 18 year old self for? Oh my gosh, I have, I, I have answers to both, but for the lack of, for, for the sake of this exercise, let's do the 45. Yeah, so you're, you're, if you could look, you know, you look towards the future and you're 45 years old and you want to talk to Nicole right now at this age, what would you thank her for? I would thank her for being open, for allowing to come what may. Hmm. I would tell her, you can always use more patience. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But really and truly, I feel like it would be a thank you for being open to anything. A long time ago, uh, it's actually not that long ago now that I think about it, I got rid of the whole, if I'm going to do something, I have to do it perfectly. That was like my my boiled down definition of my version of perfectionism. And I was like, I can't do this anymore and be the business owner and the person I want to be. And so I started doing just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck. I started applying for things that I never thought possible. I started reaching out to people who literally I was shaking and peeing when I hit send of fear. Like, And I started just really going big or going home, but not 24-7. I do. I actually do something what I call prime hours. So um, everyone has about three to four hours during the day where their brain is the most focused, most clear, most gutsy. And I learned pretty early what mine were. And it's between like 7 to 10, 7 to 11 in the morning. And I spent that time just like reaching out to big corporations, pitching myself to be on podcasts. I was in, I was on 50 podcasts in the past year because of these prime hours of just like pitching, 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 um, to applying for Ted talks, like all these different things that were so scary to me, but I really got over that whole, you're not good enough to do that. And that is something I think 45 year old me is going to be just like bent over in gratitude for, um, because I see that holds so many people back and it just kills me. Oh, Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you. I love when, you know, I ask that question to my guest and they're so open and they're so vulnerable to answer that from the heart. So I really appreciate that. Well, it's truly a testament to the space you hold here. So thank you for giving this space for your guests and including me to peel back that onion, peel back the curtain, because it is so important to see the raw side of people. And thank you for having that space for people to do that. Thank you. So how can you, how can our guests, our, our listeners reach out to you? How can they work with you? How can they find your podcast? Everything. Um, I'm I'm pretty basic, so I have Life Coach Baker across any and all platforms. Um, my podcast is called the Life Coach Baker Podcast. Um, I have I'm probably most pop, popular. I'm most active. There you go on Instagram. Um, if you have an Instagram and you want to come say hi, please do so. I love connecting with people who listen to podcasts. Um, I'd love to hear. Uh, what your takeaways were, or was there any waha moments, or if you're just like, you need to think about this more, please throw it at me. I want to know. Um, that, so that's at Life Coach Baker on Instagram. If you're curious and learning more about me and my services, I have a website. It is lifecoachbaker.com. And um, I have several uh, courses. If you're more into like the self-paced stuff, I also have one-on-one coaching, but you can learn all about that on there. Plus apply and set up free discovery calls with me, which are just 30 minute calls of you and I coaching together to see what it would be like. So um, again, you can find that all on lifecoachbaker.com. Oh, thank you so much. I have loved having you as a guest. Thank you. I have loved being your guest. You're such a warm light. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Well, and I will make sure all the information is in the show notes and I want everybody to listen to your podcast. Thank you. You're amazing. 
All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed every minute of this episode with Nicole Baker. And Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope the tips she shared on self-care and perfectionism were beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Join Dr. Laura Risi and myself live on Zoom Saturday, July 16th at 3 o'clock Eastern for the Essential Oils Made Easy workshop. And be sure to come back next week for a discussion with Mindy Schrager and why color is such a powerful force in our lives. Until then, this is Cindy McMillan, and don't forget, live in space.